at the realms and on a sunday night between 9 and 11 we have heart to heart with lynn perfect she has many strings to her bow she's a medium she's a practitioner uh, she is uh, very universal uh, she also uh, has some wonderful ties to paranormal uh, she's certainly a spiritualist and she can help you maybe if you've had a really bad time at the moment and you need some happiness injected into your life maybe you've got a burning issue at home well lynn can help make sure you do get involved with heart to heart 9 till 11 every Sunday here at Pure West Radio with Lynn Perfect and if you'd like to get in touch with Lynn maybe there's an issue or something you'd like her to tackle please email us to studio at purewestradio.com How good is your showbiz knowledge? Can you guess who the special guest is? On the Afternoon Show with Gabrielle Swales Every Friday at 3.30 in the afternoon, right here on Pure West Radio. Pure West Radio proudly presents Pembrokeshire Professionals. Comprehensive solutions for all your needs in association with Clean and Seal Pems for external building and high-ridge gutter cleaning to a standard that leaves them spotless and gleaming. Call Clean and Seal Pems on 01437 891 290. Or check out our Facebook page for a free quotation. Pembrokeshire Professionals, providing solutions for all your needs right here in the county.
Radio.
Thank you very much to BB Scones. He's going to be back with us again next Sunday. So good evening and welcome to a wonderful Sunday here at Pure West Radio with myself, Lynn Cheryl Perfect. And of course, my technical, technical, Emma Ruth Thomas. Hello, hello, hello. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to tonight's show. It's wonderful to be back again. My goodness, Emma, it's been a week already. And a beautiful, glorious sunny week. Hasn't it been? Oh, yes. And the weather has been absolutely fantastic here in Pembrokeshire. The sun has been shining. People have been on the beaches. It's been absolutely beautiful. So a very warm welcome to everybody tonight and also anybody that's been visiting Pembrokeshire this wonderful weekend. Well, we've got a fantastic night lined up for you tonight. Of course, we're going to be discussing my trip to Pakistan and all the aid work that I did with my wonderful husband. But to take away tonight's show, we're going to play this track, which is a Diana Ross. It's a very heartfelt track. This is Reach Out and Touch, Somebody's Hand. Reach out and touch somebody's hand. 
So coming up on tonight's show, as usual, we will have our Healing Hands, Healing Arts, where myself and Emma will be radiating our energy to all those in need of healing tonight. And of course, we have got Match the Movie to the Music, where we'll play a couple of tracks, give a couple of clues and see if you can guess what movie the actual music comes from. But to begin tonight's show, we are going to be talking about Pakistan and the aid work that I did, um, starting really at the beginning of last November. Now, I know, Emma, that uh, we've had people messaging in. Uh, they've been giving you questions. Yes, they uh, have. And they've been getting, sending me questions too. But was there anything that you wanted to ask me? Because Emma is going to be my interviewee this evening. Okay, well, thank you very much, Lynn, for giving me this this honour and privilege of interviewing you about your aid work in Pakistan. And I think to start off with, really, the first question that comes to mind is, why Pakistan? Well, I guess um, in my spiritual development, um, as I think most of the listeners know, I'm a medium, I'm a healer. I'm also now a minister as well, so I'm able to take celebrations of life services and weddings and baptisms, etc. Um, I do workshops and I'm angelic Reiki master as well as a shamanic um, healing master as well. And although I do spiritual development um, classes and meditation, etc., and also there's also part of being able to connect into the investigations, you know, in locations and so forth to be able to aid uh, spirits, energies and so forth, uh, you know, people on the earth plane as as well as in the, the spirit world. And I just found that I felt I needed to expand myself as a person. My mind, I'm a, I'm a person of evolution and I really needed to develop myself further. Um, and I, it was my heartfelt feeling that I wanted, that I share love. That is, that is what I feel within my heart is to share love and to try, you know, just one person, just to try and make a difference, to make a better world. And if we all do that, my goodness, we can live in a peaceful world. So I always wanted to travel. I always wanted to do something different. So my signal was really about making a change in my life and in other people's lives. And a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful man with a very beautiful, beautiful heart. My husband, um, he works in Pakistan and he lives in Pakistan. And um, and I really wanted to go over and be there. And it actually took me one year to be able to get a visa to wow. travel to Pakistan because they're very thorough um, in allowing people, as they do in all cultures, you know, and, and worlds, places around the world, different places, to be able to make sure the safety of, of them as well as myself, you know, they had mm-hmm. to check me out and ensure that it was okay for me to go. And so it took one year for me to get, uh, yeah, my visa. And I travelled over there last November yes, to, to be welcomed by him. And um, like I said, he has a very beautiful heart uh very good at uh, communication i'm so glad that he can speak english because i'm trying to learn um his language of uh push to and Udu. just a little bit. i only know a few words but i'm doing my best he's very good at english so um i traveled over there i did solo traveling and i went over there and um we decided to travel around all the beautiful beautifulest pakistan emma honestly i can't tell you the mountains the people the culture they were just so open 
warm and welcoming. Now, I know that with media, society, everybody says, oh, you know, you can't go to places like that. But I really have to say that I just followed my heart. I did Mm. something that I knew I had to do because if not, I would have regretted it for the rest of my life. And it wasn't it wasn't an option not to. You know, when you work from your heart and you work from your intuitive side and you listen and you know, sometimes you just have to do it because there's not an option not to. And so um, I followed. I uh-huh. followed my own inner belief, my own inner guidance. And um, I had the wonderful wonderful support of beautiful friends like yourself. And and I travelled and I, I went over there and, and he was there at the other end to greet me, which was absolutely an amazing experience. And as I said, we travelled around different parts of um, Pakistan. We went to Swat and to Kalam, uh, Madan and Mingora. Very, very beautiful places and the weather was wonderful to start with you know from English you know beautiful English weather but it was just nice to be in the heat and the sunshine and we went to different places and and straight away you can see the differences you know with the traffic with with people how you can have two or three people on a motorbike there's no crash helmets it's just a massive (laughs) massive culture shock really to begin with and just the way that things are you know and and I it took me I'd say it took me about 24 hours to be able to acclimatize to the difference I'm very flexible I watch I learn I listen and it took me about 24 hours to really start to understand more because I was listening and Mm. and just literally following my inner guidance all all the time and um, we we started off by traveling around like I said and one of the things that I saw that I've never seen in my life I know it exists and I'm sure our listeners tonight also know this exists and I'm sure some of you have maybe experienced it was um, we went to a beautiful, beautiful river. Uh, the mountains were there. They were, they were, you know, snow peaked. Uh, it's beautiful. Wow. It was stunning that you know the yeah. trees, and just the very simple buildings that are there with the, with the cattle, the animals. I mean, even the animals go out on outings on their own. It's just amazing to watch. They just walk along, you know, the rubble's roadway, and um, it's, it's very natural. And so. Um, as I was standing there by by this river, just looking at the scenery, taking some videos, taking some pictures, there was two little girls. One must have been about five and the other one was about three. And they came down with bowls on their heads and with something inside. I didn't know what, but they just walked down together and, and they came to a little stop just by the riverside and they popped their little bowls on the floor. And the five-year-old girl, she got some cloth out of the out of her bowl and she began to put it in this dirty river it was ice cold you mm. know it was november it was ice cold like i said there was snow and she started to wash her clothes in the river and as i i just stood there first amazed really that such a young child was doing that but watching her do it and i knew i just knew because my my beautiful friends had given me a wedding present of um, £200, I think, uh-huh. I'd, I'd had in, in total. And they knew that I wanted to help the less privileged people. Yes. Because um, I, I was aware of this, obviously, with communications with my husband. So I wanted to help the, the less privileged people. And so that was a gift to me, a massive gift. And, and I'm still, I can't thank everybody enough. It was a massive gift to me to be able to go out there and to be able just to give, to try and make some difference, try and help. Mm. So I, I sat there and I was, I was, you know, I thought I need to get this on video. I really need to get this back home. And we know we see it on the news. We see all these different charities, etc. But I really wanted to give directly 
Yes. You know, that's that's what I wanted to do. So um, I stood there, I took a, a little video. It must have only literally been about 20 seconds, which seemed a long, long time, you know, as you're filming and watching a little girl. I just couldn't take any more of, I couldn't do any more of the video and I literally had to go over to her. And just with my actions, I kind of like beckoned her to give me the cloth that she was holding yeah. and I began to wring it out in my hands. And I, and I swear it was ice, ice cold, ice cold. And and I, I rang it out and I folded it up and I placed it in in the little bowl for her. And, and then she had her sisters and she was washing that. And I, I took that from her as well. And I did exactly the same thing. I, I rang it out and, and she, you know, she put it in her bowl and they off they they went, you know. Yeah. And as I watched them walk away, they just went to the tree and they and they hung them up on the branches of the tree to dry in the ice cold air. Mm. And I turned around to my husband straight away and I said, do you have any money? Do, do you have anything? You know, because he was he was the one who was taking care of, yes. of that. Because you, you don't carry, you know, big amounts of money when you're going, you know, abroad to, to places. And so he had that on him and he said yes. And he very, very kindly and, and gently gave me um, some money. And, and I beckoned the children back and very innocently, you know, she came back, the five-year-old, she came back running to me and I just placed some money in her hands, some rupees in her hands and off she went and she just kept waving goodbye to me oh. and her family were looking down from a hill and I was waving to them and they were waving back and I just watched her go up and just from the side of the house, she stopped, she turned and she waved at me again and it really touched my heart yeah. and we, we got back in our, our taxi because, you know, we, we were um, driving around in a cab and I just started to cry, Emma. It mm. really touched my heart and my husband said to me, he, he said, what's wrong? And I said, no five-year-old child really should have to be washing their clothes in a river. And so cold a river. Oh, it, it, honestly, it was shocking. And I thought about my own, you know, my own children back here and the things that they have, um, the things that I have and the life that we lead. And when you see these simple, simple houses, simply some made out of wood, some made out of stone, um, very, very basic, you know, to think that they don't have taps with running water that they have to wash clothes in a, a river. Because obviously, thinking about it logically, if they had taps, they'd wash their clothes in their homes. Yeah, closer so, to their home. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, But they can't have water. They, You know, they can't have hot water. They must have to warm water, whether it's from the river or whether they have enough money to get bottled water. I mean, you know, we were out in the sticks here, you know. Um and it was really heartfelt. And from that moment, I said, we need to go and help people. It was literally, it must have been about my third day. And I said, we need to go and help people. And so with the, the to start off with, with the kind donation of my wedding present, the 200 pound yes. massive gift, Emma, really it was, to be able to go and um, use that for people who needed aid to children. I then, with my husband in this cab, for the following three days, we just went round to village after village after village. I went to stores um, that are very much like little sheds. If you could imagine your garden shed at home, that is what these shops are like out in the sticks, you know, right. and, and they've they've just got bottles of, of a pop or maybe crisps that very little, you know, yeah. it's not a store like Co-op or Sainsbury's or Tesco's, nothing like that. It was literally just a few items that would be on these shelves and some sweets and 
we went to these local places and I bought some boxes of sweets that might have about 50 or 70 sweets inside. And um, just as a gesture, you know, mm-hmm. kids love sweets, don't yeah. they? <laughs> so just as a gesture and then changed lots of um, money into rupees and, and went from village to village to village. And the children would come out and we, we'd stop the car, I'd get out. My husband, bless him, um, he would get out and he would explain that I was there. There would be their, their parents, their families. He would explain that I was there and uh, we'd give him, you know, ha- trying to help, just give a gift to them. And, and he was talking in his language and I said to him, what are you saying to yes. them? And because I had no idea, you know, he just knew what my heartfelt wish was to do. And he was there to assist and aid me. And what he did is he said, I'm telling them that this comes with love from people of the UK. Wow. And that just took my breath away, you know, for, for him to say that. And and I kept reminding him then, don't forget to tell people that because it was so beautiful. But that came from him. And, and he said, yes, I am. It's OK. And the, the parents would be there and they would speak to him on why I was here. And he said that I'd come to visit Pakistan and to see the culture and um, and, and yes, and, and to try and, and help the underprivileged as much as we can and I would do that anywhere in any country um but yeah that's where I was at that that moment in time so like I said we went from village to village to village helping as many people as we could and that was basically the start of that particular journey um so yes it took quite a while as I said it took me a year to be able to get a visa to get over to the country um, but yeah, that first three to five days really were the starting point of of all of the aid work that I've I've tried to do with with the wonderful people now of the world, not just of the UK. So that's where it all began. Absolutely, fantastic, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. We're going to take it away with uh, a beautiful track now, which is "Get Here," if you can. If I had no 
Beautiful, beautiful Pakistan. Um, just giving the children, Emma, um, money for themselves to begin with, you know, so they could go and buy sweets and things like that. You know, that's that's what I was doing. Just just to be able to bring a smile to their face uh-huh. meant an awful, awful lot to me. You know, just to see them happy. Because I think in the more outback places, you know, that's a treat for them is to have money for them because I think the parents would obviously need it to buy food and so forth so I started out just by giving the children um, rupees so that they were able to, to go and get themselves just some sweets or just something a treat for them that's smashing. Yeah. So the two hundred pound that you had for, um, as a wedding gift was going a long way. Then getting sweets and giving to the children. You must have you must have helped a lot of children going through village to village. Out out there, money obviously because I mean you can get a haircut out there for a pound. It cost me well, fifty pound here. You know, to have <laughs> yeah. my hair done. Um, so unless anybody out there knows of a cheaper hairdresser, um, but yes, yeah, so you know it is the the prices are completely different. You can get. You know, for like sixty bananas for for a pound, it's just it's just so cheap um, in Pakistan. So obviously that money went an awful long way, but that wasn't where you know I finished just with the two hundred pounds because as I was going from one place to another, I you know you see the 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 houses and they're all very humbled people. Mm. You know, they really are. They're very polite. They're warm. They're welcoming. Um, I have to say, being blonde-haired, blue-eyed, and you know, uh, paler skin, that um, I, they were fascinated they by were, you. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of the places that I'd gone to to begin with um, hadn't seen perhaps a foreign person before. They hadn't, so it was a bit strange. I remember getting out of the taxi at one village, and as I got out there, there was all these adults in front of me. And I guess you know, if any of them had seen, I guess you know, people have phones. If they'd seen anything, you know, on on the Facebook or YouTube or anything like that, I guess at some degree in some of these places, um, then or I don't know have heard things or if they if they're uh-huh. lucky enough to have a TV then they may have seen things you know um, they're bound to just like you do all, all over the world and but I got out of the the taxi at one point and there as I did to give there was a, a, about an 11 year old boy I could see he was coming up so I got out of the 
the car. And as I did, he literally jumped a mile and screamed <laughs> because. <laughs> and I just stood there in fits of laughing. I just couldn't help it because it was, you know, I've never experienced that in our in the UK. You know, we're multicultural, aren't yes. we? So it's very odd and very strange. Something you have to get used to is people looking at you because you look so different to their culture. You know, it's fascinating for them. You know, in a very beautiful way. There's nothing unkind in it at all. But it's something that I had to get used to. So um, to see this poor, but bless him. And I was saying, it's okay, Russia, Russia, which means come, come. And he 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 kind of like looked at me, and I'm smiling, you know, trying to put, you know, trying to be as as gentle and as sweet, saying Russia, Russia, it's okay. And I think they understand the word okay. So yes. he came, and I gave him some sweets. I was offering my hand with sweets, and I gave him some repeats. But all the 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 you know the the families that were around were just in fits of laughter. So that was a good icebreaker, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but bless him. Um, yeah, I'm sure that'll be a memory that he'll always remember. But he did, he literally like jumped a mile. Yeah, oh, wow. screaming, going, ah, like this as soon as I got out of the car. Yeah. So be, being in a very privileged situation and position for, you know, to do this, how, how, did, you, how did you feel inside then, Lynn? It's interesting, really, because I just felt, I felt honoured and humbled. I really did, because it just brought me back to how much we actually have here. Mm. It really did. That was, you know, um, these were the places. I'm not saying all of Pakistan is like that, of course, but the places that I'd gone to, it's just like any country, you know, but the places that I was going to, they were, there was a lot of underprivileged, um, you know, people, families, children. And a lot of the children, you know, they don't go to school. They have to work to, right. to bring an income, yeah, you know, yeah. to help the family. Um, so it was... I just felt really humble, to be honest with you, because I thought, my God, you know, I, at home, we don't think about turning on the tap to have hot water. We don't think about flicking a switch to have electricity or to be able to go to the cupboard or the fridge to get food. And if something goes out of date, you know, we just simply bin it and we go and get more, don't we? Um, so it was really heartfelt that, you know, when I saw, just saw those little faces um, and and their clothes, you know, you could tell if people are washing their clothes in the river and so forth, they're, they're not coming out pristine. They're not going to, no. are they? So um, they were doing the best that they could with what they had, but they were happy people. You know, yeah. they knew nothing else. The difference was, was that I knew. Yes. Um, it, it doesn't um, stop them their, their, um, their pride or anything like that, you know, because they're very beautiful, beautiful people, very kind hearted people. But they knew no different. So they were happy with what they had. I'd see children playing with cooker rings and sticks and just, you know, you know, rolling that with a stick across a rubbled ground, you know, and at home, my, my children are there with the PlayStation and the Xbox. Do you know what I mean? And I'm just yeah. thinking there's such a massive, massive difference. And although I knew it to be in it and be part of it and to physically experience it, it was just a it, it just really heart pulled on your heartstrings. And so, as I said, um, I tried to do more. I went around to the three uh -huh. villages and just to bring a smile to it. And it did. You should see their little faces light up. Oh, my God, that was a gift yeah. in itself. You know, I had such great, great pleasure in doing that. And, and I, I was able, I asked, you know, my husband asked if it was okay to take some pictures. And we took some pictures of the children. They stood with me smiling, beaming. And one time there was all these children rushed out of schools. Some of them just come running out and there they were and they just come to see me and there I am giving them sweets and rupees, you know. And it, I feel it was good because 
although it was just something maybe as a small gesture, but it was a gift to them, a big gift for them, that, you know, the way that they took it. You could see by the smiles on their faces. Yeah. That um, it was bringing cultures together. Yeah, you know that there's foreign people out there that care, and and vice versa. I was able to see the inside of Pakistan rather than listening to perhaps the media or what we're we're fed mm. to believe. You know, I went out with no expectations, just just by experiencing to have my own story. So this is my personal experience. This is my story on how I saw it and how I felt. And everybody, you know, was absolutely lovely to me. That The Pakistan people really are peaceful people. They're very beautiful. Uh, they're very humble people. And they are the hospitality that they offer, yes. regardless of what they have, is is remarkable. You know, they, they really are very beautiful people. So, yeah, I was, it was a real wonderful experience to be able to um, to have that. So yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. But I think we're going to take it away with another song. Would you like to introduce this one, Emma? Yes, this is an amazing song. This is Proud. Reflections of the fears I know I've left behind I step out of the ordinary I can feel my soul ascending I'm on my way, can't stop me now And you can do the same, yeah What have you done to Stop me. 
there and love is all you need. So it has come to that time of the evening where we radiate our healing energy out to all those in need tonight. So if you have any loved ones, any friends, any families or any family of animals that you'd like us to resonate our healing energy to, myself and Emma are here in the studio in the heart of Halford West sending our healing energy to each and every one of you tonight. Just sit back, relax and enjoy. This is Michael Jackson and Heal the World. Think about um, the generations and to say we want to make it a better place for our children and our children's children so that they, 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 they know it's a better world for them and think they can make it a better place. There's a place in your heart and I know that it is love and this place is brighter than tomorrow and if you really try you'll find there's no need to cry
don't forget that healing energy will radiate throughout the night. So don't forget if you do have any questions you'd like to ask, uh, you can text in on 60777. Just remember to put PWR before your message. Or of course, you can call in on 01437 764455. But yes, tonight here at POS Radio, we're talking about my trip to Pakistan and the aid work that I did out there. And as I said, the first journey came uh, last November. I was there for four weeks. And um, yes, I was given, you know, sweets and giving repeats to the children. It's beautiful to see their smiles. But as time went on, I found that there was other children that were working on the streets, Emma, and and so I wanted to help them as, as much as I possibly can too. Yes, yeah. So you had your £200 wedding gift. Yeah, I did. But I also, because as I said, time, you know, I was there for four weeks. So I used the £200 and mm. I also then put another £600 of my own money to it. Um, that was my mm. holiday money um, to be able to go on because it was really important for me to, to help and I, it would be for anybody. If you were in that situation, you do exactly the same thing. What you had, you would want to be able to give because you just put yourself secondary. Yes. You know? So there was street children and they'd be selling, bless them, dirty combs and some people would, you know, the children would be selling cardboard, um, polystyrene, and they were just like out of TV boxes, you know, the polystyrene. And so I'd say to children, you know, have you eaten? Do you want food? And I'd buy rice um, and I'd give them, you know, and they, they wouldn't eat it there. And then they take it back for their families to share. And I remember one little girl, um, I think she was only about seven. She had her brother with her. And I said, you know, come, Russia, Russia, come, come. Mm-hmm. And um, and I said, let me get you some some food. And I ordered rice from the hotel and they, they put it and packed it away. And I said, do you want to eat it? And she said, no. You know, she was translating to my husband and she was saying, no, we'll take it home for all the family. And even at that age, you know, seven, they're thinking yes. about all of their their family and so they had these two um, containers a bit like you'd get at a fish and chip shop you know Uh the polystyrene containers and they took that back and then I remember I think it was a couple of days later she was skipping along the streets again and she was on the other side of the road and she she saw me she had a a bag of combs and he must have had about a dozen maximum Mm. and she had a bag of combs and she was skipping along the road you know and she turned and saw me and she just waved and I thought oh bless her heart and I said to her Russia Russia come come and she crossed the she crossed over the road and I said ask her if she wants ice cream you know see if she <gasps> wants some ice cream and so she sat down and she had some ice cream with me all kind of like you know sit there you know I had my hand you know on her, on her back and just smiling at me and she was talking so freely and translating honestly it was amazing absolutely amazing her brother wasn't with her that second day he was on the other side of the city but the the story was that um her father wasn't there the, the men work in Pakistan they yes. look after their ladies and the ladies they look after their homes very traditional they go out shopping they, you know that's what the ladies do there and it's the men that work They, you know they look after their ladies their wives and um so that she didn't have a father that was at the house and so I I said look let's get some let's get some wheat let's get some rice let's go and buy some things right. and take them to the family home so that's what we did we got some rice we got some wheat some oil um, she said that they wouldn't eat the vegetables because I said do you want vegetables but they didn't have the facilities really to be able to, to cut them and cook them and so forth so um, I got they made they make naan breads and eat rice that's what their diet was so we got in a tuk-tuk and um, we went to where her little village was and we Mm. got out and and I can't tell you you know the 
it's very different to our lifestyle you yes. know the smells everything and I could hear children that had, that were in a little room I think they were they were singing and learning the Quran and so forth that's what they were doing there and then we um, just went past that little space and and her home was literally just concrete that's what it was and it had a curtain as a door and I just respectfully waited at the the door and Mm. they invited me in and I just stayed just for a few moments and you know tried to talk with my hands and with actions um they didn't speak English and my my husband kindly it's respectfully that he waits outside so he did and and I just said you know this is for you I pointed and said this is for you and she wanted me to stay to sit down because they're very hospitable regardless of what they have they want to share Mm. and um and and I I said thank you and I left and I was it was just a pleasure and I really saw a lot just being in there there was no paint on the walls nothing it was just concrete a concrete block yeah yeah, just a concrete block and it would have um it just had like I guess you'd it's like a mesh with four legs like a the base of a bed it's like that with like a cord or wool or something that you know twine and they would sit on that and and that's what they had in their home so um that was a beautiful experience for me and and I did a lot of that so I in the end there was about 800 pounds that was able to go to really good use you know children would run down from the hills with nothing on their feet you know nothing at all and I'd say she got shoes you know because I was as a mother I'm concerned you know um to make sure that they that they have but they I just can't tell you they're just happy happy children because they're happy in what they have their the happiness comes from in the inside and and what they have they they're just willing to share which is which is beautiful and that's yeah. and that's a message and lesson in itself absolutely the, the materialistic um world that absolutely. we live in here in here in the UK and uh, and the west is um Yes, it takes away the happiness sometimes from our children. We talk about our children that have got anxiety mm. and depression. Oh my goodness, when you see that, it's just so humbling. It really is, you know. And so, yeah, that was that was my first trip. I was there for a month, and as I said, I went to different. Um, there was a, a young girl even that in the hotel one night when we were having our meal together um, with me and my husband. We were. Um, I sat there and there was a, a young girl and my husband said to me, he said she was carrying a baby and he said, mm. I think she looks after this baby. And he called her over and she said, yes, she said um, my father had died and that um, she lived with her mother and her brother. He mm. was 13, he was 13. And that she looked after the baby and she got paid three pounds a month for looking after the baby and three pounds a month a month month, yeah and so 